Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money. My name's Glenn James, I'm one of the hosts of My Millennial Money and if you are new to the podcast, we cover a variety of topics and today it's the first of a two-part series all about the different types of personal life insurances and we haven't touched on this topic for some time because it's deep, it can be complex but this first part of the episode, we want to just give you some high-level information Uh, around the types of insurances, how you can obtain insurance, underwriting, if you go to an advisor, what the process is, how to pay for insurance, and we've got some case studies. I'm joined with a good friend of the podcast, Phil Thompson from Sky Wealth. Phil, thanks for joining me in the studio today. My pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me. Now, are you ready to uh, shake this little insurance tail of this dog or whatever the saying is that I'm just making up on the spot? I, I love it. I geek out on insurance all day long, so I'm ready. All right. Well, strap in, Kidleth, because we're going to have a chat and get deep about insurance. So, a lot of the time, people ask, you know, what are personal insurances and what insurances does an advisor do? And we'll get to that, but specifically Phil's a financial advisor with Sky Wealth and he's helped a lot of listeners with their insurances. He's on our preferred panel of advisors. Uh, so, I certainly trust him enough to recommend to listeners. Uh, but broadly speaking, there are four types of life insurances. And I think Phil, just for the sake of brevity, I might just go over high level what everything is and then I might just ask you some technical questions Uh, once I set the scene. Is that all right? Sounds great. So, there's life insurance, which, you know, it's or death cover. So, it's funny. It should be called death insurance, but it's life insurance and it gets paid on the event of your death or terminal illness. So, if you've been diagnosed with a terminal illness, uh, many policies will allow you to, um, to put that claim in if you've got sometimes 18 or 24 months to live. So, the insurance companies know that, hey, it's a claim or we may as well pay it now because two doctors have said that you're not going to, you know, survive two years. So, you may as well enjoy that money with your family. There's TPD cover, total and permanent disability, which is also a lump sum cover that will pay out in the event that you're unable to work ever again. And I said the unable word, Phil, but we might write that down for a little bit later on in the chat, uh, but effectively total and permanent disability, you're not going back to work ever. Yep. The third lump sum cover is a trauma insurance. Now, you, if you have listened to the podcast for some time, I personally had a partial trauma claim last year when I had a melanoma cut out of my leg. So, trauma insurance, it's a lump sum that is payable to you if you're diagnosed with a life-threatening condition and there could be up to 40 conditions and we can get a PDS up. But generally speaking, statistically, you do have that insurance for cancer, heart attack, stroke. 
Yep, exactly. And there's a whole heap of other conditions. And I had a partial payment uh, when I had a melanoma removed. So, you know, I, I think I got a $20,000 benefit from my insurance company because if that scar was on my face, I may have needed to get some corrective surgery. Yep. And you sent me you sent me the uh, transaction report as well from your bank account when it came in. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was amazing. <laughs> $20,000 from MLC. Thank you, MLC Life Insurance. And then the fourth type that we're going to talk about is income insurance. So, that's an insurance policy that you insure uh, and we'll say at the moment 75% of your income and there's a waiting period. And if you're unable to work due to any accident or illness, uh, your income will be replaced after you've satisfied the waiting period, usually 30 days, sometimes 90 days, and then you will be paid a benefit period while you're not working, 75% of your income, usually until you return to work or until age 65, or if you've got a default policy in your super fund, it might only be two years. So these insurances are the types of insurances that we'll be talking about today. And they are the insurances that you would go to a financial advisor for, or I'll certainly recommend. Now, I will say a lot of people reach out and say, hey, Glenn, can you refer me to an advisor because I need health insurance? An advisor doesn't do health insurance. It's considered general insurance. And my recommendation for health insurance is talk to some friends, see where they're using for their insurance. I don't like websites like iSelect because... I have never had a good experience with them. I've had them basically cancel people's insurances and they can't claim and it's just a complete joke. So if you work for iSelect, I'm sorry, I don't respect your employer. Um, But I think with the health insurance, get some manual quotes yourself. So go direct to Bupa, go direct to HCF, go direct to NIB. Yeah, it's it's much simpler. Those companies are set up to work with Mm -hmm. the end Policyholder. Yeah. So, and that's a direct insurance. And then the other one, car insurance, do the same thing. So, we're not really going to talk about health insurance, car insurance, or pet insurance on today's. Just insuring yourself. Just insurance. Personal insurance. Yeah. Your personal insurance. Now, there are three ways. Are you still with me, Phil? I'm here, buddy. Yeah. We're covering a lot of ground. I'm ready to go. And also, I'll put a link in the show notes because if you're new to this financial world, we're talking about a lot and we're moving a bit fast because. There's a lot to cover, but I'll put a link in the show notes to the blog that I wrote that details all this stuff in a clear, set out, methodical way, pros and cons of each, and that will make a lot of sense. And then next episode, we're just going to spend, and I don't know about you, Phil, but we're going to do this episode now, then go get some dinner, then we'll come back. With a full belly? With a full belly. And I don't know, like, I'll go for an hour and a half answering people's questions. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll go long. I, I looked, it was two hours in and it was 80 plus questions on there when yeah. you put it on the Facebook group. So, yeah. so as long as we need. Yeah. So, we're going to go deep in answering your questions, but this episode will just be high level. Uh, so, there's three ways to obtain personal insurances, the life, TPD, trauma and income protection. The first way is through your super fund and that's generally what we call group insurance. And I'm going to get Phil just to pull me up if, I'm, if I've missed something. Uh, but I'll just continue and uh, and do the summary. And you might rock up and and apply for a super fund and they may give you default cover because they've got an interest to look after their members. And they will say, hey, you're a member of this super fund. So here's some automatic cover. Here's some death cover of 160 grand and some disability cover, total and permanent disability cover. 
of 70 grand yep. and some income protection of $80 a month. Yes. And you can pay for it out of your account. We're not paying for it, but we've set this up for you as a default group cover that covers everyone who's 27 years old for this amount. And then next year, we might reduce the cover and charge you more. Or So, it's just a big blanket. Yep. Anything and, you want to just add on the group? Yeah, sometimes employers will set up group cover. So, if you're a big a, a part of a big uh, employer group, they might set up some income protection cover for you. It's pretty rare that they'll set up life or disability, but income protection can can be common uh, in some big group. But the group owns the contract. Yes. So, you've got no real control and we might swing back around and do all pros and cons of each of these. Uh, and also in... 2019, there was the PMIF, which was putting members' interest first legislation through uh, the it was the Treasury Laws Amendment, uh, putting members' interest first Act 2019, and they basically said we're protecting super balances. So if you're a super fund and a member has a balance under six thousand dollars. We turned the insurance off. Yeah, there's, there was a few people that got c- captured in there. Yep. If you're under 25, or under 25, let's turn it off. Yep. If you haven't made any contributions to that super fund for a certain number of time, let's turn it off. Yeah. So, uh, the reason, the kind low. of reason why they did that was, and things are changing. Like since the uh, Royal Commission, Phil, uh, the government have talked about stapling your super account to your tax file number. So, basically, if you change the employer's, the super fund that you've stapled to your MyGov account or the tax file number will just follow you. So, going forward, this won't be a bigger problem as what it, as what it was because people were having three or four super accounts. Each account had some default life insurance and they're pretty much like, well, if the member isn't engaged and they're under 25, under $6,000, you've just got to turn the insurance off unless they opt in. Yep. Now, as part of the lobbying for the Association of Financial Advisors, we were categorically, and I can't speak on behalf of them, but when I was on the board, we were kind of against this uh, because group insurance, it's better than having nothing. And if someone under 25 was in a serious accident and were injured, it was better than nothing. But it's just, there's two sides of the debate and we don't need to get into it now, but it's just a way to say you need to be more engaged with your own money and learn about it. Yeah, Exactly. So, that's group insurance. So, through your super or through your employer and you've got no real control over it. It's not portable. You can't- Someone else is setting out the terms. Someone else is setting out yeah. the conditions and you're a part of that group. As soon as you leave that group, you're yeah. gone. Also, um, the big thing, and we will talk about this underwriting thing, Phil. Uh, if you joined uh, a super fund tomorrow and I'll make a super fund up, Australian super or Sun Super who used to sponsor and support this podcast- if you joined them tomorrow and took out some default cover and then I was diagnosed with a horrendous illness in the next year, they would go back and if it was a pre-existing condition, they wouldn't cover it. So, while that sucks, at least if you went and got your own cover and were told that, here, Phil, here's your disability cover, but because you had a bout with cancer two years ago and you got through it, we're not covering you for cancer. So, there's just more certainty. Um, but I, I don't want to get stuck in the weeds there just yet, if that's all right. Go for it. I'm sitting on the bench. I'm ready to go. You yeah. let me know. Uh, the direct cover. Now, direct insurance, let's be... Uh, Phil's laughing. I'm like, this is the worst <laughs> of the worst, people. So, this is the crap. Okay. If you buy stuff off TV 
whether it's a freaking Snuggie or a funeral insurance policy or a life insurance policy, let me tell you the truth. It's rubbish. Better than nothing, but it's rubbish. And the reason why, why am I getting so excited about insurance, Phil? <laughs> it is. Mate, it's very exciting. I, I do it, it all day, every day. I know. And I, I used to uh, specialize in, uh, I did a lot of business insurance for my clients. So, I was a, an insurance um, advocate. But the direct insurance on the TV, two basic things. If you bought a death cover policy on the TV, very limited underwriting. So, there's hard to get you on risk or insured, we call yep. it. Number two, you don't have the flexibility with the tax deductibility status or ownership, which we'll get into with the super side of it. And three, uh, the estate planning. So, I could set up a policy from the TV and say, yeah, if I die, send it to my mum, but that could be challenged. And the biggest thing, it's usually double the price of what an advisor can get it for. Yeah. And then you don't have the flexibility of the benefits. And so, the direct crap on TV, the income protection might, they, they're only allowed to kind of sell a five-year benefit period, but the income protection I've got on my life is if I can't work ever again, they will pay a benefit till I'm 65 years old and each year my insured amount will index with inflation. But the crap on TV, it's bloody expensive. It's not flexible. The t- policy terms and definitions are rubbish compared to an advised retail policy, which leads us to the third point. The third way to get a personal insurance suite on your family and your loved ones is a advised retail policy through an advisor. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, gee, Glenn's pro-advice and pro-advisor, it's because he is. And, you know, we can't be all things to all people on this podcast, but, you know, it's funny, we we sometimes got reviews. It's like, oh, they need to stop having financial advisors on My Millennial Money. It's like, do you want to get some freaking blogger who knows nothing or do you want like a professional? So, um, so we are pro-financial advice. Uh, We are pro- Pro-professionals. For, for pro, every matter. We're pro-professionals, that's right. Um, mortgage broker, someone in the Facebook group the other day said, here's my personal situation. It was quite complex. What should I do? And I said, we'll pay for advice and don't get it off the Facebook group. Mm. And they said, well, isn't the Facebook group for this? I'm like, no, the Facebook group's an encouraging place and you can get some like, oh, what's the phone, best phone plan or something. But when you're dealing with the most important things, like protecting yourself and your family mm. and investing for the future, we are so pro advice and pro professionals. Yeah. So I've put a summary on the blog that there's a link in the show notes of the three ways to obtain um, the insurances. So group direct and retail advised, but I just want to on that website, Phil on the blog, and you've probably got it up in front of you. There's a, a, a diagram and I developed it oh, a few years ago because I got a client that came in and, you know, everyone comes to a financial advisor to, to do investing and all that. And we can do that. That's not a problem. And if you are new to my millennial money, I'm a retired financial advisor. So I want to make that clear. I'm not a professional anymore. That's why I need professionals on. But I made this sound financial house diagram and you'll see it on the blog. And the roof of it is kind of the investing stuff. The walls of the house is like all your financial goals. There you go. Feel right there. The slab of the house is your super because everyone's kind of got super. And then, Phil, what are the four foundations? Yeah, the spending plans, number one. Yep. So, cash flow system or a budget, whatever you want to call it. 
Foundation 2 is cashed up and debt-free. Yeah, so we've got no consumer debt and we've got an emergency fund, number three. Is protection plan. Which is what we're talking about today, so your personal protection plan. And number four. Is wills and estate plan. Yeah, so I kind of believe if you want to do things right, like building a house, you need strong foundations and you need to do it from the ground up. You will need to invest some money in your personal protection. It will need to be factored into your budget But once we've factored in that protection, factored in our cash flow system, we don't have consumer debt, we can then say, okay, well, we've got $500 left a month that we know is legitimately to be invested or put towards goals. Mm. Because if the money stops, everything falls apart. Yeah. And just protecting that downside. Totally. Just like everything. We've got car insurance. Yep. Well, because if I crash into someone else's car, it's going to cost me 30 grand. So, I protect that. That's right. So- I just want to say right now, if you're an individual and you're a parent or a spouse or you've got kids and a mortgage and you do not have death cover adequately insured for your family, you need to go to my website, sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help. I'll introduce you to Phil and he can sort it out for you. And this is one thing that, because I've done death claims for friends and family Mm. I've done, actually, just last year, I did a death claim for a a client. Uh, I actually helped his wife um, because we still had a relationship and I helped them with a new advisor. Mm. Uh, So, I've done death claims and this is one area where I'm not dicking around and I'd really encourage you to get one chance at this crap. So, we can talk, you know. And and no one needs insurance until you need it. That's right. Like... Like we, we're going through a claims experience as well with the client and and we set up a policy four months later, she's claiming. Yeah. Um, and and what she said to me is when I was setting this up, I was thinking it was a bit expensive. Do I really need it? I'm young and healthy. What was the nature of the claim? Uh, it was for breast cancer. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, obviously we're not going to tell details, but um, how old was the individual? At 34, my age, yeah. exactly. Or four days older than me. So, yeah. 34. And um, it was a trauma claim for breast yeah, cancer. Trauma and income protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is it. Like, I'm not, I know I'm deviating, but just in terms of if you don't get through the rest of the podcast, I want people to go. This is something you need to seriously consider mm. in your life uh, because it's real. Yeah. And there's an episode that we might link in the show notes if you can for me, Jess, where I have an interview with uh, my dear friend Melanie, uh, whose husband died. And she was insured and I helped with the death claim. Mm. And I think there's, yeah, and, and we'll get in like next episode, we'll we'll talk more scenarios about, oh, I'm single and I don't have any debt and all that. Do I need insurance? Yeah. But I'm just really calling out the parents right now. Um, you know, you spend more time worrying what car you're going to buy and what holiday you're going to go to next. You need to talk with Phil and get your protection plan nailed. So, pros and cons for group insurance in Superfill. Can you give us some high level? Yeah, high level pros is you can get it very easily. It's probably the easiest way to get cover because yep. um, it automatically gets set up when you join a super fund most yep. of the time. So, that's definitely the pro. The con is that it's not medically underwritten, um, which we will touch on what underwriting actually means and yep. what medical underwriting is. So, it just means that you've got a lot less certainty. Um, and the other pro is you're, you're bound by superannuation law. Um, and I'm not 
going to geek out too much about that. But, you know, superannuation law changes, it flows, it, it moves about quite a lot. And so having a policy that's locked to what the government says when you can and cannot access your super money is really important. So things like income protection, things like disability. So where you're still alive and you need that money out of super, well, a group policy inside your super fund is locked. And a quick bit of low-hanging fruit while you need to go to an advisor to get an income protection policy, uh, if you took leave without pay at work, had an accident or illness- you have to be gainfully employed. You have employed. to be gainfully employed. I'm Absolutely. just trying to read. You have to have a salary. Yep. You Maybe leave without pay is... Yeah, you have to be gainfully employed. So, anyone who got made redundant during COVID, um, anyone who left their job, anyone who's, you know, left their job because of mat leave, like yep. there's all these life events that do happen yep. where you may be out of work or, or not gainfully employed. And it's because the policy has to sing to the hymn sheet of getting money out of super. Exactly. So, it has to tie up. And to get money out of super, you have to be gainfully- Employed un- at the time of your for disability. Injury. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, cool. Exactly. So, that's kind of- The pros are easily available. Yep. It's the fault. Yep. It's and, rubbish. And the low levels of cover are actually really cheap. Yeah. If you go anything above the default super low cover, then it but, doesn't become cheap. And it's not like we're hating on it. Absolutely. Um, don't get me wrong, it's rubbish, but as an example, <laughs> and I can say this because I'm just a podcaster, um, but if, for example, I went to Phil for advice and said, Phil, I've had my Australian super or Sun super or insert super fund default policy for 10 years, there's 300 grand of disability cover, but now because I take medication for mental illness... Well, you're not likely to touch that cover. We would leave it as part of my insurance suite because we know that I'd likely be covered. Yeah, all the time we, we recommend clients leave their default cover and then top up with, with external cover. Yeah, so th- a lot yeah. of time. And an advisor will work you through that because um, that's really important. So, and the, and the other con is that you can't move super funds. You yeah. can't move from that group unless you then want to go set up a new policy and then that yeah. starts that start date again. Yeah. And usually what happens with the group super funds, um, so I'll pick on Australian Super again or Sun Super or whoever, they're not the insurer. They go to a group insurance company. So the main ones in Australia at the moment, it's probably TAL and AIA. And every three years, they'll re-tender out the, um, the group deal. So you might get a sudden change in the group cover every three years. Yep. Or the premiums might go up in three years or and the in terms three years may times change. the terms may change or they say, all right, we're now offering default members 20 grand less or whatever. So, exactly, it is just one of those things. If you don't pay attention to it- um, Which no one does. Which no one does. And I've never seen a default suite of policies that are adequately enough. Mm. So, And the other downside is you can't have trauma. That's right. But you can't have trauma inside super anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, direct, I mean, I was pretty- blunt about my TV ripping on direct crap over the, the phone and the TV. The, the pros are it's easier to get, Yeah, I guess. Um, the cons are how long do we have? Um, not long. Yeah. So, we'll just it's often more expensive. It's yeah. often worse cover. It's often less flexible. And realistic. And this is, you know, some of the insurance companies that Phil might recommend that are quality companies – and this is the thing, Phil. Um, what's an example? I'll, I'll use three examples and you just need to know this stuff. So, Tao's an insurance company, Zurich's a standalone insurance company, um, 
One Path is a standalone insurance company which is owned by Zurich. Yep. Um, they've got, you know, often these insurance companies will have group offerings, direct offerings, and advised offerings. Now, the crap that you usually see on a current affair, so Phil might recommend you to Tau, but you saw something on a current affair allegedly last night and Tau didn't pay a claim. Usually that is the direct arm of Tau. So it's Tau and Zurich could have two products under the one name. And I don't want to get complex, but Yeah, they they sell they sell it's really there's eleven insurance companies in Australia. Yeah. They all not all of them, but a lot of them will sell through these different channels. Channels. Yeah. Yeah. So Tau might go direct and they've got their own direct channel. They have group insurance through major super funds and they can go through the advisor. Yeah, so for, like at the moment, and I'll get Phil to touch on the income protection changes. If I had a direct policy that was income protection from the TV, hurt my back, was off work for two years, when I return to work, they can just go, see you later, you c- we're cancelling the policy. How my, cu- my current policy with MLC, I could be off work with my back, claim for two years, go back to work and they won't cancel the policy. Yep. It's guaranteed renewable. Yeah. And I mean, there are some changes coming, but that's just an example of the different quality. Mm. And it's almost one of those things you get what you pay for, but in a lot of instances with the direct insurance on TV, it's double the price of an advice policy through an advisor, but it's not as flexible either. Mm. And and not as good of features. Often. Totally. I mean, and I always I always talk to clients if they want to look at a direct competitor. I say, mm. give me the quote, and I'll yeah. I'll show you what it is with the exact same insurer. How's this um, NRMA last time? And please hear me, hear my heart. I haven't looked at an NRMA income protection PDS for a couple of years, but last time I did, their income protection excluded holiday activities. So if you had an NRMA direct income protection policy, allegedly it could be wrong. I'll put a correction out if they email me. They will not cover you if you're in Bali riding a motorbike. Yeah. And where the stuff that you set up for people, 24-7 worldwide cover. Yeah. And just excuse me for 30 seconds, I'll properly geek out. But some Please. of those NRMA policy, style policies- And double AMI and stuff. They, they sell it under a general insurance license- and so it's a general insurance product, which means the insurer can change the terms, can cancel it whenever they want. The products we're mainly talking about and, the, and the, the good ones and even the groups and the directs, they're often under the Life Insurance Act. So they're actually legislated under different acts. Um, and so that's why the, those policies can be complete junk. Yeah. And if we are hating on this junk, it's because it's junk and we are hating on it. <laughs> like let, let's be clear here. Like, I'm more impartial because- You've got a reputation. Well, no, I've got my licensee to to consider. Yeah, that's right. Phil's a licensed financial advisor, so he, I can be wild. But the reason I would say don't ever go to iSelect, and this is allegedly, this allegedly happened with someone I know. Often in financial advice, you know, we might get a client that will get referred to you to help with a claim. So they're not your client. Before I sold my business and stopped being a financial advisor, allegedly- there was a person that came to me who had an, a trauma policy through an advisor. They called iSelect to, I don't even know the reason, but the wash up was the person at iSelect sold them an income protection policy. 
and said, you can claim that this on tax. It's kind of the same as trauma. So, they didn't understand. Cancelled the trauma policy. He was diagnosed with leukemia. Trauma policy cancelled, couldn't claim. Yeah. And it's horrendous. And I hope that companies doing that type of stuff and, you know, they fit under this general insurance weird license where it's not really advice. It's general advice. It's just horrendous. And for the sake of them getting money because these people are just calling up, we want a sale, not having any freaking idea of what planet they're on, allegedly it happened with iSelect. Yeah, and I mean the Royal Commission was not very good for those direct insurance companies. Oh, they they got away without an issue. It was just horrendous. But anyway, let's let's have a quick break, Phil, uh, because it's been a little bit. I need to top up my water and we'll come back and talk about underwriting and maybe some typical advisor processes, how to pay for insurance, and I might we might finish on a case study. Yep. And then that'll probably put this summary episode in the books. So we'll be right back after this. Let's do it. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. All right, we're back and we actually didn't talk about the pros and cons of the advised retail policy because I think we got carried away uh, trashing the trash. <laughs> um, and if you are still listening, thanks. and <laughs> We appreciate you. We appreciate you. So, yeah, so quickly pros and cons for the advised stuff. Yeah, so pros of the advised stuff is you've got a lot more flexibility. You can choose to pay for some of the premiums through your super. You can pay it individually. You can determine, you know, how much, you know, you can you can look at the tax effectiveness of the cover, the estate planning, you, you get advice as well. Um, and so, someone else is putting their reputation, their license, you know, their, uh, their professional license on the line to say this is the right insurance cover for you. So, there's that extra protection. The cons of that um, going through the advice is much longer process. So, yeah. it's being much more thorough means it takes much longer to get to get you from first phone call into policy in place. Yeah. And I know like last year you tried to set up another policy for me and because of my vast medical history and issues, it was I mean, basically- I almost, I almost went grey doing that. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> I think I ended up withdrawing it because the TPD cover was a decline due to too many medical issues and- I was just over it, so we've got to revisit that, Phil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take that offline, buddy. Yeah, so, and that's the big thing, isn't it? The pros is the actual process involved mm. with doing things thoroughly, um, dealing with an advisor. Now, why do I have to go to an advisor? Like, why can't I just go direct to Zurich, Tal, BT? One part. Yeah, it's a great question. We get it all the time. Um, and I mean, the, the way the way I explain it a lot of times is it's like getting a block of chocolate from Cadbury. We never go to Cadbury to get that block of chocolate. We go down to the nearest Coles or Woolies to get that block of chocolate because it's much easier and cheaper for Cadbury to sell a million blocks of chocolates to Coles or Woolies than they are to go to everyone individually. And so that's um, why... The retail policies, um, it is much easier 
for the insurance companies to um, to distribute or sell that product through a financial advisor yeah. because, I mean, I, I talked to one insurance company the other day and they said it on average it takes them um, around five grand in terms of their processes and, and the underwriting up front um, to get a policy in place mm. um, because it is much more thorough. That medical underwriting up front is really good um, but it, it's so much more costlier for the insurance company. So they only want to make sure that they're getting clients who have working with an advisor who's already done a lot of that work for them. And I think as well, like the direct stuff on TV, there's probably only a few variables like age, sex, smoker status, mm. level of cover, where occupation, where I think I've counted up to 10 variables to a advised retail policy because then you go to step versus level, split inside and outside of super, um, family history, family history, like underwriting. So it, it does go much deeper. And I will say like the insurance companies just want to provide product mm. and don't want to give advice because you need a license to give advice. Yeah. And the products, they're that flexible that you really want someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. But it's like you actually don't buy a Toyota, everyone, from Toyota. You go to the local dealer. It's got Toyota written on it, but the fine print is the local franchisee owner. So a lot of things in life isn't direct to the manufacturer mm. because they've got a wholesale relationship with the provider, but it's the job with the Toyota car yard to customize and sell the type of Toyota to suit your needs. Yep. And they'll organize it on your behalf. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then within that, Phil, it's probably a good time to touch about the costs and how you're remunerated. So the insurance companies know that they need to pay advisors to do the advice, to do the underwriting, to do the applications. Yep. So much like a mortgage broker, a mortgage broker would get paid a percentage from the bank to write a mortgage. Yep, exactly. The client, when you get a mortgage going to the bank or through a mortgage broker, it's the same rate. It's not as if you get a cheaper interest rate by going to the bank. Yeah. In fact, you probably get a cheaper interest rate going to a mortgage yeah. broker. I was sitting with a broker <laughs> the other day, Phil, and I was helping her uh, organize a loan and rate the broker. She said, oh, yeah, this is what they advertise, but when I call, I'll tell them to actually do the rate that I know they can do. Yeah. Like, so it's just fascinating. So, yeah, so there's a built-in uh, remuneration to the advisor. Exactly. Now, the thing that you all need to understand is whether Phil recommends BT, Tau, Neos, Integrity Life, Zurich, OnePath, MLC Life Insurance. How am I going? Yeah, I'm almost PBS, there. PBS, yeah, there's a few others, yeah. yeah. There's a legislation by law to say Phil does not earn any more with any, so every insurance company has to pay the same amount of remuneration to the advisor. Yep, it's all it's all set. Remember the bad old days, like when we started in the industry, it'd be like, oh yeah, we'll put it with A and P because he gets like triple the money and all that stuff. It just doesn't yeah. happen anymore. So, and on top of that, there's no bonuses. Like they can't right. give me anything. They can't fly me around the world yeah. if I write a whole bunch of business with them. Yeah. Um, Jeez, I wish I was an advisor in like the eighties. It would have been so good. Oh. Um, I, I mean, it's completely conflicted, yeah. but. <laughs> Outside of that, I, 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 like I'd love it, but I don't think I could because I just I hate screwing people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, 
Yeah, I won't get too deep, but this is why I've moved into insurance yeah. and specializing in insurance now because I'm much more comfortable with our remuneration level. Yeah. Um, and now, so when I send people to you, you're not owned by an insurance company, are you? No, exactly. So I've got, it's no, your I've got business. No. Yep. And you can use whatever insurance company. Yep. Under my financial planning license, I can recommend any insurance company in Australia. Yeah. So there's no inherent conflict. No. I mean, you know, other than the conflict that is like, you know, one insurer is better to work with and, and yes, they do give us, you know, they do remunerate us. So, there's always an inherent conflict there. Yeah. But yeah, there's, I mean, for me to recommend BT over Tau, I mean, I get paid the same. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of will, I think it's, it might be worth to move into underwriting actually. Yeah. So, what is underwriting? And I don't know if you want to swing it into the advisor process yeah, so I mean, underwriting. To be honest, underwriting is the most important thing about this personal insurance. the The whole purpose is with personal insurance is an insurance company is saying, "Yes, Glenn, I'm going to pay you a million dollars if you die. Yes, Glenn, I'm going to pay you, you know, fifteen grand per month because that's how big your income is mm. if you're injured or ill." Um, and so they're the ones giving you money. So they need to be feel comfortable with that risk. Yeah, and uh, giving you that money. So if you're, you know. 150 kilos and you pack a day smoker, they're going to charge you more. Because it's a higher risk. Because it's a higher risk. Yeah. You're more likely to claim on it. So, yeah. the insurance company want to underwrite that risk. Mm. And so, there's a whole bunch of different factors with the underwriting process. So, things like your own you know, pastimes, like what, what you do for leisure. So, if I'm going snowboarding once every weekend, that may impact it. Um, but I will just pull you up on that um, pastime and activity thing. So, if you cycle and you're a road cyclist and mm. you've got a bike and you you might ride three mornings a week, it's not you, you disclose it, not going to be an issue. But if you say, no, I compete at a state level once a month, well, they might say, well, that is actually a high risk. So, you may need to pay more for that portion. And this is where you really need Every case is different, right? Yeah, exactly. And that, and and again, that's why going to an advisor because I'll know that, okay, if you're doing one comp a month, well, there's an insurance company who's got more appetite to offer you yeah. cover for that versus, you know, three others who would exclude mm. that additional yeah. risk. Yeah. Um, so, what the insurance company does is they assess your health and your lifestyle at mm. the time you apply for the cover and they'll offer you cover according to what they're comfortable with. Now, they can decline the cover and say, well, we're not comfortable with our risk. We don't want to take it on. Yep. Uh, they can exclude portions of the of the contract. So, a mental health exclusion is, mm. is really common or a back exclusion is really common or they can charge you more premiums yep. for that additional risk. So, if you're a smoker, you'll get charged. Yeah, so I'll give premiums. like I'm pretty open on this podcast. So, my income protection and TBD cover, I've got a right ankle exclusion because I've had the eight surgeries on my right ankle um, and it's excluded. So that's just, I know that it's pre-existing. It would be like if I bought a secondhand car fill and called the insurance company and they said, oh, your car got hail damage. If you said yes, well, they would say, well, we can't insure you because if we do, next week you'll put a claim in. Mm, exactly. Uh, and likewise, like with your home insurance, you know, it's too late to call when the house is on fire. Yes. Because it's a guaranteed claim. Because yeah. do you want to just, and I'll get back to my personal situation, but this pooled insurance thing, whether it's car insurance, life insurance, pet insurance, whatever, 
it's a group of people called policyholders that are all putting money in the insurance pool and the actuaries work it out that there's a chance of X amount of people that will need to claim. So they work out the percentage of people claiming, then they take away some profit and they take away the cost of doing the business. So paying the advisors, paying the admin team. Yep. So, and this is why... You know, there was a thing on ABC the other day. Somebody got a rare form of life-threatening condition Yeah, yeah. that wasn't listed as one of the 42 trauma benefits. Yes. And it was on ABC or something and there was uproar. But unfortunately, that would be like saying, oh, my car's insured, but my camera got stolen from the pub. Mm. Like It's just not in the policy. Yeah. So, you can't insure unlimited things. So, these policies- are quantified. Yeah, exactly. And they have to be yeah. to price them. That's right. So so for my disability policies, I've got a right ankle exclusion. I've got a mental health exclusion. And with my trauma policy, I've increased the trauma policy. I think I've got about a million dollars of trauma cover. So the first, I think the first 400,000 is standard rates. Yep. The top-up cover. So, standard rates means there's no exclusions, no, exclusion, no, load, no, no loadings, yep. and they've offered the cover. Yep. The top-up portion, I had some polyps removed um, via a colonoscopy. Jeez, we're really getting <laughs> Yeah, personal. well, I know. Hey, guys. Uh, Glenn here. <laughs> um, so, the last three colonoscopies I've had, they've taken away precancerous polyps. Yep. So, the types that will most likely turn to cancer. So, they basically said- I can't even remember. They said you can pay an extra 25% premium. For cancer. For um, bowel, for the, bowel for the, cancer, only bowel cancer yeah, okay. or polyps. Yeah. Um, or you can take an exclusion. Yeah, so 25% premium on the- On the 600 additional. Yeah, on the additional yeah. amount. Yeah. Or you can exclude bowel yeah. cancer yeah. from that extra 600,000. Yeah. yeah. And I think I said, look, I'll pay it. <laughs> yeah. Like- And that's the discussion you would have with your advisor when you underwrite a policy. Exactly. Now, the problem is when I was getting the additional cover because I wanted some more uh, disability cover for the business, I'd since been diagnosed with sleep apnea. Yep. And that just tipped it over the line. Exactly. When there's multiple potential exclusions, they will often revert to declining the cover. Because it's they just think it's there's no point giving us the cover because it's going to have... If we're excluding, exclusions yeah, and if we're excluding just, you know, 50% of potential claims, then we're not going to offer you the cover because we'll be on ABC when we do That's decline. right. So, and this is just part of this whole underwriting thing where it does take time. And even Nathan, hey, Nathan, who, you know, works with me and edits the podcast, he's young, he's vibrant, he's healthy. Uh, I sent him to Phil and said, you need to sort out your insurances. But he's, what, 22 or something and yeah, I, sh- I, sh- I should know, but I don't know. I mean, you should know. I should know. Um, he works with me. Yeah, young, healthy. I, I don't ask my employees their age, Phil. Um, <laughs> but he's young and healthy. And uh, he actually did the insurance application in the car when we were driving somewhere the other day. And because he had no health issues, two days later, the insurance company go, yep, you're yeah, insured. Accepted, accepted the cover today. Got but the email if today. his old Uncle Glenn over here who's, you know. Buggered. Over <laughs> north of the border of 30 and doesn't is not going the best with his health history, it's a lot more complex. Yeah, that's right. So, talk to us about the typical advisor process because underwriting, it's basically, 
you have a duty to disclose to the insurance company what a reasonable person would expect to remember about their own personal health. Yeah, exactly. Now, and the reason this is important is because at when they issue the policy, you just want certainty. With the group policies and the direct stuff, a lot of the time they'll underwrite at claim time. Yeah. And if I've been diagnosed with cancer, I don't want them to be writing to every freaking doctor I've been to looking to see if I've had cancer before. Yeah. I want to exactly. do all that while I'm healthy. I want to do all that before. So, you know, the that trauma claim that you're doing with your client, mm. it's pretty much an open shut case. Yeah, pretty much. It's we're we're very close from when the original application happened, so I'm very confident we'll get it through. Mm. But the insurer wants to ask just a few more additional questions because we're literally one month after the. Well, with my um, melanoma, oh, and that was the thing with my application. I'd have a melanoma exclusion as well. Yeah. So get your insurance while you're healthy, kids. Um, I had the twenty grand partial benefit in my bank account before the stitches were taken out. Yeah, exactly. So. so Insurance companies pay legitimate claims. Yeah, I always say, you know, statistically speaking, if you don't lie at the time you apply for the cover, you don't lie at claim time and it's and it's in the policy, you're getting paid the money. But and a lot of like, so the retail advised insurance sector in Australia pays claims. Now, there is data to say, oh, there's X amount of TPD claims that got declined because someone might claim a TPD benefit for a meniscus tear in their knee. Hmm. But it's like, no, we that's a decline because it's, can work so and also you know as an advisor we i'm i'm more than willing to give it a go yeah and and claim on the insurance even if we get a decline there's no downside in the decline yeah. it's not like a mortgage a home loan where it goes no, against that, your credit rating that's right but as an advisor if someone said i've torn my menic- meniscus you're not saying let's put a tpd claim in exactly you know what yeah. i mean so um okay so talk about the typical advisor process yeah, so I mean, when you when you speak to an advisor, and we're going to wrap this up in five minutes. Cool, let's so, do it. Yeah, um, when you speak to an advisor, you'll generally have a first phone call. Um, but what an advisor does is they'll determine what's important to you. What are your goals, objectives? What do you want to achieve? Uh, they'll understand your health history. So if you're seeing an advisor and they're recommending an insurance provider without understanding any of your health history, um, I would personally be looking for another advisor, and then. They kind of also want to work out exactly what you do for work, not your job title, what are your actual activities at work because that has a really important uh, impact on the insurance. Mm. And then once they've gathered all that information, they'll gather your existing insurance cover because that, you know, we need to compare that cover and determine if that's appropriate to keep, replace, and then they'll just present an insurance recommendation. And so they'll say, your existing cover is worthwhile cancelling and we're recommending this new policy. Uh, or let's keep your existing cover and we're topping up um, with, with additional cover somewhere else. Um, or your, your existing cover is appropriate. Let's dial the numbers down because you, you're overinsured potentially. And so they'll make an insurance recommendation where they will review any existing cover. Um, and they'll talk about like the, the tax effectiveness of the structure. Is your super fund paying some of the premiums? What's coming out of your bank account? And and exactly why you should have the amount of cover that you should have uh, or, or that advisor thinks you should have. And so really in our insurance proposals or, or statements of advice, we look at how much cover do we think clients need 
and and I explain how we get to the numbers and, and why we think that's important. We'll talk about the health impact. So if we do believe there's going to be an exclusion or a loading, if so, why is that the case? And you would do a pre-assessment with some different insurers? For every every client, we do a really comprehensive pre-assessment. So what that means is we get some medical information up front, we'll send it to insurers and determine who's going to give us the best outcome because it can be wildly different outcomes. And Okay, and just for privacy you could send a blind pre-assessment. So, you could say to the insurance company, I've got a 37-year-old female, 28-year-old male. Yep. Here's the health history. Yep. What terms would you offer? Yeah, exactly. So, it's not as if um, their actual date of birth or address. So, because you, no, no, you've no. got a duty to uh, protect privacy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, we're not we're not sending them their details. Yeah. We, we scrub all personal information mm. and we just tell them, that they're yeah, female, yeah. this is their date of birth, this is their occupation, yeah. this is their health history. I, I just want to pull you up. You said, um, you know, paying cover through super. Uh, we talked before about group cover. Yep. And can you just explain how a retail advised policy can be set up through an advisor but still paid through super and be a stronger policy? Great question. Sounds like you know what you're talking about, but I'm leading the witness, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, with an advised policy, we can set up an insurance car- cover with any of the insurers in Australia mm. and they can um, deduct that premium from your super fund. Net of tax. Yeah, net of tax, yeah. exactly. So, we can set up a policy with BT and they will get and they will request the money from your Australian super, super fund. And so it's not default cover. It's not, you know, a part of that group. So if you move from Australian super, go to Sun Super or go to XYZ Super. You can take the money from the new super fund. Yeah, we just sign a new form to BT and say, hey, take the money from this new super fund. Yep. So you can move super funds 10 times in your life and you'll keep that same insurance yeah, policy. And that's long-term. why it's so important that you set up something quality for the long term mm. that's portable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I love that. And then if you do decide to go ahead with an insurance recommendation, so, you you know, any good advisor will be open to making changes because at the end of the day, you're the one that pays the premium. I'll never pay anyone's premium um, apart from my own. Yeah. And then so clients have the choice to make any adjustments. If they do choose to go ahead or go ahead with any adjustments, then we, we help them with that whole application process. Mm. We get the policy in place. Once it's all in place and go through that underwriting, if we get the terms that we expect, so no exclusions or loadings unless we expect them, then happy days. Let's put the policy in place. If the insurer does come back and say, actually, you know what, we're going to decline the cover um, for any reason we didn't expect, then we would then spend a bit more time, go and shop that cover around with with a whole bunch of different insurers again and determine, okay, can we get a better outcome? Yeah, because there's a difference with a pre-assessment that you send in and they go, yes, we'll offer cover. And then the client says to the insurance company that uh, I actually do cocaine every fortnight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we would, were drinking, yeah. <laughs> we would, uh, um, yeah, that's right. Or, or I mean, or they it, might disclose the, the accurate information to us, but um, the insurance company may want to get a report from the doctor just to sign off, just to see the severity yeah, right. of that, that now, illness or injury. There's this common thing where people think they have to get medicals and blood tests. Like ordinarily, the answer's no. It's pretty rare. I mean- yeah. Unless you've got a lot of insurance cover, you're getting two, $3 million yeah. worth of cover. Or you've um, disclosed that you've had high cholesterol, yep. you haven't had a checkup in a year, you're medicated, but they just want to double check or- Yeah. It, it could be so weird. Like 
Most most of the requests from the insurance company is they want to get a report from your doctor just to clarify that what you've told them is accurate and yeah. correct. Yeah. Um, and that's when sometimes there may be a difference between mm. what you've told the insurer and what the doctor says. Yeah. And that's when we either, um, yeah, we just clarify that with, yeah. with the insurer. So the whole thing is to get the time, underwrite the policies, give as much detail about your own personal health. Then when the policy's issued, you've got so much certainty that if you do have a claim, it's legitimate. It has the highest chance of being an open shut claim. Yep. And 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 if you do have to get a medical, like I had the mobile nurse come to my house, she took bloods, measured me, weighed me, piss in a cup, uh, and it was just because of the high levels of cover involved. Yeah. Uh, but the insurance company covered that cost and, and it was convenient to me. Yeah, we had a client the other day who had um, mandatory medicals where a nurse had to go to the, um, their place. He said he didn't want to do it. And so we went back to the insurer and says, okay, how much? If we reduce the level of cover, what do we, what do we need to reduce it to? Yeah. It was income protection needed to go down by $250 a month. Yeah. Happy days. The client was like, yeah, let's do that. Let's yeah. get this policy in place yeah. much sooner. Yeah. Um, and then as an advisor... Um, you would obviously work with how we paying for insurance. So if cash flow was um, a struggle in the first couple of years, you might fund some of it through super and have a split outside of super. Exactly. And yeah. can just kind of, yeah. We, I mean, the products are so flexible that you can have a good quality income protection policy funded by your super and pay for a 20% portion ish outside of super. Exactly. That's tax, that's tax deductible. So you don't get hooked up on the issues that are in super. Yeah, 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 exactly. It is important to have some of that policy outside, but yeah, yeah. you don't. You can pay most of your income protection inside of super, mm. just like you most of your disability inside of yeah. super. Yeah, and trauma insurance can't be in super because realistically, to get money out of super, you have to be dead, which is no good to you. You have to be disabled, or retired, or early release like COVID or yeah. specific thing. Now, if you've got a trauma policy and you're diagnosed with cancer, are you dead? No, you're just being diagnosed. Can you still work? Yeah, my old man had prostate cancer. Yep. And they said, nah, Des, bloody, you can still work. We've just got to operate. You're not retired. So the trauma benefit isn't any use in super. Yep. Um, so it can't be taken out in super. It's against the law. Exactly. Yep. Because uh, it doesn't meet the- Condition super. of release. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So an advisor will go through with you to your budget, work out levels of cover, get you through underwriting. Yep. But most importantly, like you issued the policy with one of your clients, you would check in on them every year or so, yep. offer a review. The advisor would be the first port of call if you want to change bank details. There's an ongoing remuneration to the advisor. It's not that much, but it's enough to service the policy. Yep. Um, but also like the young lady that you talked about earlier, for claims. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've been to Gosford Hospital on a Saturday afternoon with claim forms because my job as the advisor at the time was to make life as easy as possible when someone was going through the most dark and hellish times of their life. Exactly. And yeah. we talked to the insurance company on their behalf, fill out the claim forms, take this to your doctor. Yeah. Take and just the, make it easy. Make like, it easy. You're not going to claim very often. No. So, and for this client, like th there are other things in this client scenario where her income protection, she isn't planning on taking any time off work mm. and, and she's having, you know, serious treatment for breast cancer. 
but but I said to her, well, in your in your policy, you actually don't need to take time off work. We can get six months worth of payments, mm. and so let's do the income protection claim. Yeah, um, because that's worth another you know forty five thousand yeah. dollars to that client. Yeah, so she'll have a lump sum tax free of say a couple hundred grand. Yeah, um, to cover any medical expenses, any time off work without pay. Yeah, regardless of the income protection. Yeah. Um, it's just a lump sum. She can use it however she wants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for her, it is. I think I, mean, I, I think I bought a boat with my trauma payout. <laughs> her, I mean, yeah, yeah. She she's doesn't have family around, so her family has to come in, yeah. and so it's it's an expensive exercise. Yeah. And just being there and just going, hey, we'll we'll walk you through this process. Mm. Like, yeah, y- you don't. It's difficult. It's stressful. It's mm. you do you want to focus on recovery. You don't want to focus on trying to get you know, maximizing your claim. So again, just to finish up, it is complex. And if you're not insured or if you are insured, hopefully this has been a a rain check. If you haven't had your insurance reviewed for some time, go back to your advisor. Or if you're not sure who your advisor is, you can go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help. Just mention you've listened to this episode and I'll send you over to Phil or someone appropriate. But Phil, let's talk about a case study of underwriting just in wrapping up because, again, this is part one. It's high level and it is just so hard to convey and that's why you really need to have an advisor walk through your own personal situation and tailor a protection package. Yeah, and and as you said, underwriting is so important. So, we've, I've, I got my team to just send me an email quickly this morning of different, different cases. A client has cholesterol of 7.1 um, and- Which is- Borderline normal, right? Yeah, not not that not that high. Mm. One insurer will put a fifty percent loading on life insurance, hundred percent loading on trauma. One insurer would do standard rates, mm. so no no increase in premiums. Another insurer would uh, decline for disability and income protection. Jeez. Occupational assessment, so pre-assessing the occupation where some some insurers will say that no, they're not willing to offer any cover and some who are willing to offer much better cover. Family history of breast cancer or back issues where some insurers are saying, yep, we're willing to offer cover, we're willing to take on that risk for that family history and some who are saying, no, we're not going to offer any cover or we'll give you the option to increase your premiums just just like your your experience with your trauma. And then there are a whole bunch of other things that it, when you're working with an advisor, they can recommend multiple products. So if you go direct, you're working with one insurer and you go into the insurance company and then you're getting the outcome. But at least with an advisor, they will, well, they should be doing that pre-assessment upfront mm. and determine, okay, which product will give you the most appropriate terms for your personal situation. Yeah. So that's kind of why, you know, I mean, obviously I'm an advisor, I'm going to be super biased, but that's why we get really good outcomes for clients because mm. we pick the product based on the personal circumstances and their health and their mm. occupation first. And then of course it comes down to price. Okay, yeah. How do we make sure it's affordable? Yeah, and then it's like pastimes, you know, family history. There's just so many complexities and that's why the younger you get it sorted, the cheaper it is. Yeah. And the Significantly less, cheaper. The less drama you have because generally you're in good health. Yeah. Now, there are options, Phil. So, if someone was medically declined, there are options for accident-only cover. That's right. Yeah. I mean- And that's pretty bloody cheap. Yeah, we've got we've gotten declines and then gotten cover elsewhere. That yeah. happens quite a lot, actually. Yeah. And so some insurers are willing to take on certain risks when but others are. Being aren't. being the true professional, Phil, you would not you wouldn't 
get a decline, you just withdraw the application. <laughs> exactly. And then you don't have to tell the other insurance exactly. company that it was a decline. <laughs> well, no, I mean, we're, we're up front. We, yeah. we don't mind. We, we send them, well, obviously, the client lets us, but we send them the details, all the details. Yeah. Open Slayer, they're saying, will you accept this And this is the not? same thing, guys. Like, if you went to an insurance company, so the one that I'm going through and we got basically, I pulled the application because I just was over it we will likely write to them and say, can you release all the medical information you've got from the last underwriting and send it over to this company? Yeah, exactly. And, we'll just shop. So it's, it's, and it's much easier to do So, that. like, I'm not going to have to get bloods and all that again. Yeah, and and, the, and that original insurance company's already paid for it. That's right. So, the new one doesn't need to pay for yeah. it. Yeah, so there's things that an advisor will do and I just want to, you know, I'm big on logic and I think if you've got an income, you need to protect it. Yeah. I mean, we, we we do a calculation looking at the value of clients' income between now and retirement. Mm. Most of the time, it's like minimum six, seven, eight million dollars yeah. and, and up from there. Mm. And I say to clients, you've got an eight million dollar body and brain, mm. um, not even assuming any promotions or career progression, mm. eight million dollars. Now, if you had an eight million dollar car, mm. you're insuring it. It's a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the thing. It's like if you, you know, that printer in the corner, if that spat out 80 grand a year, hmm. would I want to allocate $2,000 to make sure that it kept spitting out 70 grand a year if it, yeah, or whatever it is? I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty tired. Of course. Tired, and, but- and, and that's a no brainer. Mm. But, um, but, but often, you know, only 32% of people have income protection. Yeah. So and I would say, like, the main thing people insured is their cars then their homes, then themselves, but the number one claimed on thing. Well, I'd say pets before themselves even. Yeah. Like people claim it. People, people insure their pets before they'll insure their own income. I, I used to be pretty blunt and say, if you don't want to take income insurance and like you're medically able to and all that, like I get that there's, you know, and we may talk about declines quickly, um, mm. but if you're medically insurable and you don't want to take out income protection and you've got car insurance, you need to uninsure your car yeah, because your logic needs to be the same. Why are you taking the risk on an 80 grand a year income or 50 grand a year or 70 grand or 120 or 200 grand a year? Why are you carrying that risk yourself mm. where you won't carry the risk on a $20,000 car? You will yeah. pay $1,000 to transfer that risk. Yeah, of course. And, and of course, you're more likely to claim on your car than you are on your person. Um, but but think about the downside. What's the most it's going to cost you? Mm-hmm. Fifty grand if you smash into a few three cars. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fifty grand. But if you are out of work for a year or two or mm-hmm. three, that's a few hundred thousand dollars that you're losing. Um, totally, you can allocate money to protect. So, I'll just caution. Uh, we're just going to talk about some straight up declines at the moment, and uh, it's a sensitive topic. And if you are struggling with your own mental health. Um, you can reach out to Lifeline uh, or Beyond Blue and we might put a link in the show notes. Uh, but mental health, Phil, the, an insurance company or any human on the planet can't quantify the mind. Yeah. So if you've had history of attempted suicide, you're likely going to get a decline. Yeah, unless it's... it's- you know, unless you, we can kind of prove your lifestyle's changed significantly, and it's been and maybe it's 10 been a years. long yeah. time ago. So that's just one thing, guys. Like it's sensitive, 
but an insurance company just can't quantify the mind. Now, I I take medication, my anxiety, depression, it's stable, but I've got a mental health exclusion because they can't quantify the mind where if I broke my leg, they know bones fix and are stronger. So that's not an issue. Yeah. So it's all about them assessing risk. And I mean, I, I, you know, somebody who's a builder, if they had a a knee reconstruction, you'd likely to get a exclusion on the knee. But if you worked in an office, I've had cases where I've got the cover through. Because yep. they'll take the risk yeah, on no exclusion on the knee because it's not likely they're to an be office worker to or whatever. A claim. So, other straight up declines uh, would be a suicide history attempt. Uh, another straight up decline would be three exclusions or more. Yeah, for, four or more. Four or more. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Um, another straight up decline might just be recreational drug use. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. That's where a lot of insurers are unwilling to take that risk if, mm. if clients have had recreational drug mm. use outside of marijuana. There's a lot more um, yeah. tolerance. To take and a, on a that lot risk. of the, so there's some insurers that if you have five social smokes a year, they'll probably let you through it non-smoking. Yep. And there's some insurance companies if you have a joint a couple of times a year, they might just put you down as a smoker. And and again, just the reason why you speak to an advisor and you're very open and transparent about it is because we've had clients who have got cover and they've had they had MDMA yeah. took MDMA three years ago yeah most insurers declined it but we had one who would who was willing to yeah. offer cover. And, and at that time you would just um, do a drug questionnaire I had this once off at a party different period of life yeah and they underwrite it manually yeah but on, ongoing drug use is, is yeah. a straight decline you can't yeah. get can't get cover yeah so they're pretty much, and then the fourth kind of straight up decline might be occupation. Yeah, like if you're an underwater opal miner or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, something, something high risk. But then again, like um, for many years, police officers we used to just go to MLC. Yeah, and pilots we used to go to Common Shore. So, yep. you know, a good advisor will know how to address your situation. So most of you listening probably need to chat with Phil. Phil's got some capacity. Um, Sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help. Another thing, this whole COVID thing, uh, if you've got existing insurance, no issues. Yeah. It's already in. But now there's questions about COVID in applications. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that can be a bit tricky. So depending on wh- where you're at or if you've had COVID or it's just yeah, COVID it's complex. And, and job keeper yeah. and, and again, like just continue to, mm. to say the same thing. Speak to an advisor. Yeah. Tell, be be transparent with them and they will get you the best outcome. So, Phil, I would probably say if in doubt, uh, reach out. I can connect you to Phil. You can book in, have a 15-minute conversation. He, You'll be able to say at that point, it's like, look, come back in six months. Or yeah. yeah, and I do just, that quite often. Yeah, because you know the lay of the land. It's what you do. It's what you're good at. Yeah, and we specialize in insurance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, exactly. Willing to have a 15-minute phone call with anyone. Yeah. I, I love hearing the sound of my own voice. Mm. You know that better than most. Yeah, you should do a podcast. <laughs> so, we might leave it there for part one. I mean, a big overview. Uh, I did want to keep it to 35 minutes, but it just was not possible. Uh, so, we're going to go now, get some dinner, sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help. I'll introduce you to Phil. Uh, Phil, you can work uh, with anyone anywhere in Australia. Yeah. Yep. Everything um, we do is virtual, remote, yep. remote meetings, remote phone calls. And, you know, and just mention in the, the free text that you have listened to this, just because 
we know that you've just got the ground. You've got the, the, some the base. ground basic yeah. that you know that you need to speak to advisor. You want the existing cover reviewed, or you're just a little bit. And even if you've got questions, there's no dumb question I yeah. say to people. Totally. So, all right, Phil, we might leave it there and we'll get the feed and we'll come back and do a big deep dive part two. Cool. Thanks, right. mate. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.